0: Welcome to the Leafy Podcast, helping real estate investors and entrepreneurs grow. Say hello to your hosts, Jennifer Glagoric and Brian Price, founders of Leafy Legal Services, teaching you how to protect your assets, grow your business, and manage your wealth. Let's start the show.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Leafy Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm your podcast manager, Tammy Gearling, and joining me today is Jennifer Gligorich, and she has a, an amazing guest. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to her real quick so we can get started.
2: Yes. Today we have one of America's top personal development speakers and coaches. He travels around the world over 175 times per year and personally coaches individuals, and businesses while on the road. He's been doing it for over 30 years. He helps people understand their power to be and live their best life possible. So of course, I cannot wait to talk to the amazing Richard Flint. Let us give a big leafy welcome to Richard. Hi, Richard.
3: Hey, how are you?
2: Oh, I'm doing great and I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, so how what's been going on with your life recently?
3: Yep. I've been doing a lot of creation uh, for some new things we're doing, and it takes takes a lot of work for not only me, but for my staff uh, to keep us moving forward, because like too many people, if you're not moving forward, you're trapped in a circle of sameness, which is what wears people out and exhausts them and creates their frustrations.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely true. So you're known worldwide for your um, statement, behavior never lies. And so what you just said right there is people get trapped, right? They get trapped in a lot of behaviors. So why is behavior so important?
3: Well, the essence of truth in the human life is not what someone says. It's what they do. And so many times what we do is we only look at the words of people we don't look at their behavior and you and i and tammy and everybody has been confused frustrated and disappointed by the contradiction between what people say and what they do
2: you know this is really funny. My grandmother always had had a saying and she lived to be 104 or maybe it's my other grandma. She lived a very all the women in my family live forever. So um, she said, words are cheap. Show me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that's true. I grew up hearing that all the time. Yes, ma'am. <laughs>
3: yeah. But I believe I believe behavior is the definition of truth,
2: mm-hmm.
3: not words, but behavior. And. This is an important lesson to learn as we live our life. Uh, If you you really look at this, 99% of every frustration a human goes through is the result of a disappointment. The disappointment is not in the person, it's in their behavior. One of the biggest things that disconnects people is the contradiction between words and behavior.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you hear lots of things, you know, like I'm going to value you as an employee once you get here. You know, there's the whole recruiting and then you get there and it's a very different story. And, it, well, that's a, it's in relationships no matter if it's business or personal, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I agree.
3: Words create promises. Right. And if a promise is broken, then that destroys the trust. And behavior and trust are so importantly linked. Because if I cannot believe in you, I cannot trust you. If I cannot trust you, then I don't have faith in what you're going to tell me. So what does that do to any strength of a relationship?
2: Well, it erodes it.
3: Yes. I used to work on the staff of a, a very large mega church, and I was the director of counseling for the church. And a lot of what I did was marriage counseling. And I've always said, you got to believe that God has a sense of humor. I mean, <laughs> man and woman on this earth to live harmoniously. <laughs> and so many times in the counseling center, as we would be having our conversations, everything came back to the the breaking Of trust. And trust is broken when words and behavior contradict each other. And I get asked all the time, once a person breaks your trust, can you rebuild it? No. You can repair it, but repairing takes three times the energy. And if we're to have any kind of a quality, growing, dynamic relationship with people, We've got to be able to balance what we say with what we do. This is what gets so many companies in trouble. Yes. Yeah. And uh, this is why company, companies lose so many people they need to keep,
2: mm-hmm.
3: is because they make promises and their behavior never meshes the promise they've made.
2: I can't tell you as a business coach, cause I did crisis intervention for a very long time before I became the founder and CEO of when I believe you legal. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I was, I brought in, you know, I have a very strong ability to create cultures that work um, and that are able to attract top talent. Right. Well, I would get it in the culture deck, you know, just talking to the owners and what do you, what do you want to say? Like, what are your core values? What are your, this and, and, it's funny how many times I would get a blank stare, or they would, you know, I would have to prompt them. Well, what about, oh, yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) That sounds good. Oh, that'll get people, you know, like these really powerful statements that people want to hear. Yes. But do you believe it? You know, yeah, 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 we believe it but then the actions are very different and then they can't understand why there's turnover or why people won't stay or why they're not loyal. Well, that's the reason it can sound so great in in the brochure or the pamphlet or the the company handbook or your culture deck. But if you're not living that from the top down, then it's very different. Um, I was going to ask you because as you're talking, I can, I was like, yeah, you know, I immediately thought of other people that had betrayed my trust. Right. But we can't force other people to be trustworthy or to have their actions speak the, you know, the same thing. The only thing we can do is work on ourselves. So when, let me, I, I'm very curious about this when you're in counseling or coaching with people and you know, they're like, yeah, people lie, people do this. And you're and you always have to bring it back to them. So how can their behavior and what you teach them have them attract more people that mimic that um, centered and heart-centered and truthful behavior?
3: Well, first of all, I've got to have that foundation of belief, trust, and faith in myself. You know, if I don't have a strong foundation of belief, I am going to contradict myself in what I say and what I do. Mm -hmm. If I don't trust myself, then I'm going to tell people what they want to hear, not what I'm really feeling. And am I committed to having a presence that is present when I'm not present or simply be a moment in someone's life? And Mm -hmm. I I, I think that last part of having a presence that is present when you're not present, that's the key. That is the key. Because I would imagine you have people in your life. I mean, you've already talked about your grandmother, two of them. But I would bet that your grandmothers had a great impact on you. And even if they may not still be alive today, they still talk to you in your head. You cannot escape them.
2: Right. Absolutely. I have many people like that. My dad is, is, is another one. He's always there. It's a, it's a great comfort to me because I love my dad. And I was very devastated at his loss. But he is still very much there. In many ways.
3: See, that's presence. And one of the things we find today is too many people live for the moment. You know, what can I what can I take or what can I gather or in some ways, what can I steal from this moment in my life? Uh, and it, it's more about being noticed than it is being remembered.
2: Mm-hmm. And, so what can you do for me lately? Or, you know, what have you done for me lately? And it could have been just in the last 10 minutes.
3: Yeah. And there is a difference between mature selfishness and immature selfishness. Mm -hmm. Immature selfishness says, I'm going to take everything I can from Tammy. And when I'm done with Tammy, I'm going to throw her away Mm -hmm. because I'm going to steal from her. I'm going to steal time. I'm going to steal energy. I'm going to steal life. Mm -hmm. And that's immature because I'm using you for my selfish agenda. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Mature selfishness says I need to work on myself from the inside out in order to create and increase my belief, my trust, and my faith in myself, because that's where our value is. Mm -hmm. Our value is on the inside of us, not the outside of us. I mean, you ever had somebody around you that they couldn't shut up talking about their self? Yes. Yeah. And when you really get beyond that facade, there's an empty shell inside But my value, your value to other people, is in our inner discovery, our inner journey. And every day making sure that we have a presence that is bringing value to people. If I bring value to you, you'll never forget me. And that value is not just in what I say to you. It's in how I deliver it and the consistency of the behavior that goes with it.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of uh, things that try to get this out, like into this, you know, into the world right now, like, you know, boo, you do you. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you take that in the positive way, it means you work on you. Right. But then people will take that of the, you know, oh, this person isn't serving you right now, even though they've been a great friend or a great boyfriend or a good job and they've given you a momentary annoyance. Will you go do you, you know, break off because right now in this one little moment, they're not giving you everything that you you think you want and need right now. So just blow them off. You don't have to give it back because you're supposed to focus on yourself. Right. So something that started out very positive, I see changes. So how do you how do you deal with that when you get people in and they've taken a positive thought? You know, maybe it's a sales organization. You know how sales is. What sale have you done for me lately? And the guy could have just come off off a record week. You know, and he's a little tired because he had a record week. It took a lot to make that record week. So how do you help managers um, or even people um, recenter that to it has to be reciprocal?
3: Well, all people connect at three levels. Okay. And this is what ties us together. It's, fringe, it's about friendship. It's about marriage. It's about work. It, it's every aspect of life and we have to share three things i have to share a common purpose with you and purpose is the reason why we do what we do and okay. if you and i aren't on the same page when it comes to why we do what we do mm-hmm. then I'm our purpose is going to co- our purpose is going to collide the second thing is we got to have a common agenda we got to be on the same page.
2: right?
3: Uh, I had a conversation uh, Saturday with a young lady that is one of my students, and she works for a pharmaceutical company. And she's been their top rep for probably eight or nine years. And she's ready to leave because of the fact that the company states one thing, and then they don't back up what they're going to say. So there's not that common agenda. Yeah. And if, if people will study this in their life, most of the confusion that's created is when you and I don't have that common purpose. We don't know why we're doing this. And if it's, if it's only done to make money, there's going to be conflict. Right. Because money, to me, profit is a result. It's a result of quality people doing a quality job of customer care. And then if we don't have that common agenda, how we're going to do this, how in the world are you and I going to communicate with clarity? How am I going to believe in you? How am I going to trust what you tell me? And then you've got the purpose, you've got the agenda, and then you've got the common commitment. I have to know you have my back. And if those three aren't in place, And this is one of the things I look for when I go into a company. I look, do they have that common purpose, common agenda, common commitment? If that's not there, I know I'm in a war zone. When you don't have those three, you have cliques. When you don't have those three, communication will never be effective. When you don't have those three, watch what happens. Excuses, blame, justifications all run the environment. And people, I have seen
2: this time and again. I mean, you're blowing my mind, but at the same time, you're only affirming what I already know to be true. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is great. This is, this is awesome. Okay, so um, you are known for your – I have to get to this because I want to know this too – is for your four rooms of life concept. So now explain those four rooms and how that can go with that. Or do they, do those tie together?
3: Oh, it all ties. Everything I think ties together. But you and I have four rooms that we live in.
2: Okay.
3: We have our business room.
2: Right.
3: Which is the largest room in most people's lives. And that's your number one room of mental stress. Mm -hmm. You have your family room. Second largest room in people's lives. That's the number one room of emotional stress. You have the social room, which is where we're supposed to go to relax, but most of the time it's where we go to escape. Mm -hmm. And then you have your personal room, which is where you go to be by yourself. Now, when I work with a person, we work in all four rooms. And the first thing I notice is that their rooms are out of sync. If you and I are to have balance in our life, the rooms have to be arranged this way. Number one room has to be your personal room. That's where you go to be by yourself. If, if you think about this and think about it with your own life, every dream you've ever had in your life has been sketched when you're by yourself.
2: Wow. Yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's never with a bunch of other people. It's always in that alone time where I'm on a cruise because I love to cruise. Or maybe I'm sitting there watching my son, and he's being joyful. And usually that's on a cruise because those are our happiest memories, these vacations. But, yeah, absolutely.
3: You see, and if anyone else joins you in that personal room, it's not a personal room. It's a social room. Yeah. But do you know how many people are fearful of being by theirself? Oh, yeah. And think about why. Because they don't have that belief, that trust, and that faith in their self. See, the interesting thing about the personal room is in your personal room, you can't lie to yourself. Nope. <laughs> so all behavior is exposed in the personal room. Mm-hmm. Second most important room in your life in balance is your family room.
2: Wait, that's a third. You mean second no. is social? Oh, no, no, second is family.
3: Second okay. is family. First is personal. Okay. Second, is family. Why? Because you and I have to have that emotional support. I mean, and this is why, you know, our world today has set up collisions because there, there is not a lot of time for family. Uh, there's time for us together but actually be a family. Uh, I do a couples retreat every other year. And one time I took a a group of 50 couples that I thought had great relationships and Hey, they had kids. And I asked them out of a possible 21 meals that you can eat together as a family during a given week, how many meals do you eat as a family? Two. Two. When you were growing up, did y'all have family meals?
2: No, I didn't. I had, I was like a latchkey kid. My mom was a, a single mom and, uh, And I was, my brothers and sisters are much older than I am. So by the time I was five, they were all married and gone. So it was just kind of me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think you missed anything by not having that family time?
2: Oh, yeah. I used to, you know, think about it and want that. Absolutely. As a kid, you always want that. You just want to be with your parents or, you know, not by yourself.
3: What about you and your son?
2: Oh no, we have meals together. Now we, I've split We're we're, I'm no longer married, but my ex lives just eight blocks away. So we're always trying to connect. So like yesterday I went to a farmer's market and I got a couple of cool things. They're, they're trying, they, my ex does not eat any sugar, no refined sugar. He is like completely on almost a raw diet. So my son's doing it too. Like they have this green smoothie they make out of just greens and water. They fed it to me yesterday and, and, I don't know how they did it, but they're very healthy, much healthier than me. So I'm trying to, like, get on board with this right now. I bought keto bread, and I, like, cut the keto bread, and we're trying to do all this. But, yeah, we tried it to be together as much as possible, even though we're not together.
3: How important is the the, the quality time you and your son have?
2: Oh, it's the most important thing. Why? Because... I, I don't know. Even if we're just sitting together, he's got to know to trust me. But then again, like I nursed him for over two years. Like, I just feel like if I really tell him something, he's going to listen because he's going to know that I have his best interest at heart. We don't have a separation like that. Like even now he, he doesn't want to have a cell phone. He's 13 because he doesn't want to be on social media because he looks at the other kids. and He's like, they're just stuck on their phone. And we have these good conversations and I hope to, to keep that. I feel like I have a good relationship with him and that even though I'm the type of parent that 18, you're going to be out, you're going I want him to be independent. I mean, we're already talking about where you are going to work? What you're going to do? Like I'm trying to like get him there because I feel like there's a generation of kids who are not independent and it's cost, cost them to be so dependent. They want to be taken care of their whole lives. I, I fear for that. I don't want him to, to, to have that, that fear that he can't do it on his own. Everybody can do it on their own. So would you,
3: tell- say then, would you say then that what you're doing with your son is you're mentally and emotionally preparing him through life, through the family time that y'all have?
2: I feel that way, yes.
3: You think that's important?
2: I think it's the most important.
3: There you go. So that's why family room is the, is the second most important room because there's a, it's an emotional connection. And we need to learn this. Most of us live from our emotions up, not our mind down. Yeah. And the things we remember the most about life are from our emotions, not from our mind. And family is emotional. Mm -hmm. Third room is your business room. Third most important room, because that's how we define ourselves. And it used to be that it was just men that used the business room to define their self. Not true today. Men and women both use their business room to define their self. Ask somebody what they do. And how many times do you hear, oh, I'm a great father, or I'm a great mother?
2: Yeah. Well, that's true. No one ever says that. And that would be, you think that's be the thing that they'd, they'd want to say.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and then your fourth room is your social room in order. And the social room is important because we're, most people don't know how to relax today. Are you good at relaxing?
2: No. I'm the worst at relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the absolute worst. I try to relax. Like I did go to Oktoberfest this weekend. I chicken danced and everything. So I did get some re- relaxation. But even then, I, it was probably social. It wasn't just like relaxing, relaxing. But it was fun.
3: You know what's interesting? If we go back 10 years, the number one social room was the bar. Today, it's the health club.
2: Hmm. Yeah, but people don't talk at the, the, the health club. They just get on their little machines and go.
3: Some do, but majority yeah. do not. Huh. I mean, and I've always joked about this. You can tell whether someone's there to work out RB notice by what they wear.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> Tammy's laughing.
3: <laughs> but we we have to learn how to relax. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things and the the most challenging thing I have to teach people is the value of pace. You're either managing your life or your life is managing you. And sometimes we think that we're, we're driven, but we're not driven, we're searching.
2: Or we're fearful. I think that a lot of times my frenetic activity is because of fear fear of if I'm not just busting my hump, then I'm not going to make enough money and I'm not going to be able to pay my bills and my kid won't be able to eat and I'm going to lose my house. And then like I can go from zero to under a bridge selling pencils with rats eating my toes 60 seconds flat. And then, right, okay, let me, I let, do something.
3: let me put you to a test. Yeah. From the day that you were born to the day you die, you're going to fight six fears. Now, you have them. I have them. Tammy has them. All of us have the same six fears. They're just rearranged differently in our life. And there is a number one fear in your life. You find your number one, you control the other five. If you never find your number one, the other five eat you alive. No particular order. But I I already think I know what your number one fear is. But here's the order that I... Don't tell people. The fear of the the unknown.
2: Mm.
3: And the unknown is frightening to a lot of people because that's you listen to people play the what if game. It's because of the unknown. Most people are not prepared for the future, they're prepared to relive yesterday, which makes the unknown frightening. The fear of abandonment I might be left alone. This is one of the reasons that I found that so many people stay in unhealthy relationships, is the fear of being by their self. And the fear of being alone is a tremendous fear with a lot of people. There's the fear of failure. I won't be able to. And one of the things we don't talk enough about is that I believe, and I've written a lot about this, all emotions travel in threes. And you never get to deal with one emotion because they're all three. You show me someone who lives in, in fear, they also have doubt, they have worry, they have uncertainty.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And this, this fear of failure, I mean, we teach success and failure, but there is a third word we don't talk about, and that word is defeat. All failure is is an opportunity that didn't work. And I define failure with one word. Fertilizer. Mm. That's all failure is. It's fertilizer. Yeah. And if I get knocked down and I get back up, I have succeeded. Mm. If I get knocked down and I stay there, which is really a part of this country today, and we're teaching people to stay down,
2: mm.
3: then that's defeat. There's the fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting? I couldn't reject you if I tried Because rejection is not what someone does to you. It's what you tell someone to do with you. If I don't have belief, trust, and faith in myself, my behavior is going to tell you I'm not a worthy person. I'm not worth living. And then there's the fear of loss. And this is huge in our country today. Because, you know, what's the price tag? I believe that anything you and I, Tammy, anybody wants to do with their life has a price tag to it. You know, I've already, I've already heard you tell me two or three times price tags that are in your life. Mm-hmm. And you are only going to go as far as you're willing to pay the price tag. And then the number one fear with young people today, and this is epidemic, the fear of success. Do you think parents can do too much for their kids? Yes. I would love to have had you in my office this day when this dad brought his 10 and a half year old son to me and came to me and said, you've got to help me with my son. And I told him, no, here's a young boy that every Monday morning in his hand, he gets his weekly allowance, $500 cash. With, That's with more.
2: more than most people even make.
3: Yeah. By Wednesday, he's broke. No drugs, no alcohol. He buys his friends. So he has friends until Wednesday. And I asked the dad, why are you doing this to your son? He says, I don't want my child to grow up and have to deal with what I grew up and dealt with. I said, you know, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to me. You just won't invest the time in that kid, but you got the money to buy him. And I don't think it would surprise you if I tell you that kid's been in and out of jail. No, not at all. We don't teach young people success. And a lot of the millennials today, what they struggle with is their discontent or their lack of strong definition to the word success. So many times they told me, I'm not going to get married because I don't want to have the relationship my mom and dad had. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to commit myself to a job because, you know what, I watched my dad, I watched my mom be unhappy and go to work every day. So they think they have a free spirit. They don't. They're just running from what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Those six fears govern the human life. Do you know what your number one fear is?
2: No, I'm looking at trying to figure out what it is. I don't know. I think... Maybe have, it's... I don't know. Go, you tell me what it, What you think it is.
3: Okay. I think you have two that are tied together. Okay. I think you fear the unknown.
2: Okay, I I agree.
3: Because I think you're in transition in your life. Mm -hmm. You're trying to really discover who you are. And what's this this life that you want so that you can bring value to your son, bring value to your listeners, bring value to the people in your life. Mm -hmm. But you struggle because that's tied to your fear of failure.
2: True. I don't want to fail at this. It's right. what I've been, I feel like I've been gearing up to provide what I'm doing right now for all the people and for all my staff, like my entire career. There is, there's no option of failure. Like failure is not an option. I don't even have a plan B. This is it.
3: We see my but challenge. It's still with, scary. Yeah. That challenge with what you just said to me is you've made failure a negative. Well. Like, failure's not an option. If failure's not an option, growth is not an option.
2: I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that one.
3: Well you have I don't know. Right. You have the right to be wrong.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, we'll have to fight this out in our own therapy session, at, you know, after, after we cut off. <laughs> okay. Okay, but, so like again, moving. Go ahead.
3: Um, just remember, failure is simply fertilizer. It's where lessons <laughs> in life come from.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And yesterday is a library of experiences that we use to define what we're going to do with the events of today.
2: Okay. So this is one of those things where you'd say, if you don't uh, confront it, you validate it or comfort it.
3: Well, that's my second most powerful philosophy I've ever written. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number one is behavior never lies. Number two is anything you don't confront, you validate and do you know how many people are fearful of confrontation? yeah a lot yeah. everyone really yeah but i can I can help your listeners real quick overcome their fear of confrontation because confrontation is not criticism. confrontation is the is the skill of resolution, and to get over the the fear of that, you just got to practice three three c 's mm-hmm. I come to you, and here 's my three c 's. I have a concern. I need to address with you. Now, that's a singular pronoun. I have a concern. Not you, me. I'm not attacking you. I'm just addressing something. Second C, here's what's causing my concern. Again, it's a singular pronoun. Mm -hmm. And I'm not attacking you. Then I come to the third C, my pronoun is going to change. What can you and I do to correct this? Now, I'm not attacking. I'm asking for your help. Right. And here's what you learn. If that person does not want to correct it, they share no purpose, agenda, and commitment with you. And then one of you have got to leave.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. In an HR stance, that's like literally the, the roadmap of how you're supposed to do any sort of performance or trying to realign someone when you realize that you you don't have synergy. You don't have the same goals right now because your the product, whatever you're supposed to be doing, it's not working out. And uh that's literally that's the way you're supposed to do it okay everybody we've been talking to richard flint he is one of america's top coaches and we've come to the end and it's like this went by like this to me so if you want to hear more then all you have to do is go to www.richardflint.com that's r-i-c-h-a-r-d F-L-I-N-T, richardflint.com, richardflint.com. And you can find out a whole lot more and challenge yourself. I feel like I've personally been challenged. Now I'm gonna have to look at failure and look at all my feelings on this and talk to Tammy about it. And Richard, did you need to add anything to that?
3: Two conferences scheduled for uh, for the first of, uh, for next year. We're gonna have three, we got two scheduled. One is my couples event, which is January 9 through 12 at the PGA Resort and Spa in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Uh, it's limited to 15 couples, and our theme is Tweaking Your Relationship. Um, it's on the website. And then uh, my summer conference called Star Maker, uh, it's going to be July 17 through 19, again at the PGA Resort in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And my theme is Because I Can. And both of these are on our website.
2: Thank you so much, Richard and Tammy. Take us away.
1: All right. Thank you again, Richard. This has been so insightful and, and deep. I mean, I need to go meditate on this now. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we need to have you back on though so that we can finish like, you know, what we've started here. So um, I do have something for all of our listeners. Um, It's something that Richard has been gracious enough to give us to hand out to you guys for free. It's the seven foundational principles that truly successful people live by. So it's a PDF that I will be attaching in the notes for, uh, this episode. So please make sure that you swing in there and grab that because uh, they are very insightful. A lot of it was covered today and a lot more um, that we didn't get to either. So um, if you would like to leave Richard a message, you could always find him on his website Or go ahead and email me. I will go ahead and connect with Richard and make sure we get your questions answered. My email is Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, at leafylegalservices.com. And if you have a comment that you would like to leave about the episode, or you have uh, something that you would like to shout out to our audience as well, please let me know uh, by email. So uh, thank you again, Richard, for being on today. And uh, if you all have anything you would like to say to us, please reach out to us on social media. We are at Leafy Legal. So have a wonderful day. Thank you again, Jennifer, for being a wonderful host, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Attention real estate investors and entrepreneurs. Did you know that real estate investors are a primary target for lawsuits? According to the National Survey of the Court data, 25% of Americans risk being sued in their lifetime. However, if you are a real estate investor, you have a 95% chance of being sued in the next 20 years. Leafy Legal Services helps you protect your assets and strategically grow your business and wealth. Leafy Legal Services are experts at the Series LLC and Delaware Statutory trust, two of the newest and most ideal legal structures for real estate investors. Leafy Legal Services have the most personalized and affordable solutions for setting up LLCs. Property owners are always at risk when it comes to their assets. Anonymity is so important. If you own just a rental house and you own your home, you have to protect yourself and your properties from any potential legal issues. Leafy Legal Services have the right solutions to make sure you are happy and feel secure. They offer cost-effective documentation, that suits their clients' needs. For a free consultation and ebook, visit leafylegalservices.com. They are waiting to hear from you. Leafylegalservices.com.
2: Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: Don't wait. Take action now. Leafylegalservices.com. Protect your assets, grow your business, and manage your wealth.